Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Omiyo's Corner. I've had a hiatus, but I'm back and I'm better than ever. And here, I have a very, very, very special guest today that is going to talk to us about something I think is so vitally important and is really underlooked at the moment. So we're going to be talking today specifically about the idea of being a Black creative. What does it mean to be in the Black creative space? Um, I'm, going to be, I'm going to be interviewing a specific Black creative that I think her work is amazing. So I'm going to allow her to introduce herself and tell you guys what she does. So go ahead. Oh, thank you. Um, hey, guys. So I'm Melissa. Um, yeah, I'm a Black creative, as Omiye said. Um, I don't know, where should I start? Okay, I've been doing this. I guess unofficially since I was 13 doing photography creative stuff and I've been doing it officially now for around a year and two months um so what I do basically I have I kind of have three streams wait maybe three streams yeah three streams of creativity (laughs) I have a photography page which is called um visualista I have a podcast also, which is Vocalissa. And wait, do I have something else? There is no way I've forgotten what I have. This is embarrassing. <laughs> Unless I have... Okay, no, 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 no. That's... Those are the two main ones that I have. And then I do have a graphic design page, which is Illustrator, but I don't... I mean, Illustrator, yeah. But I don't use that as much. So my main two um, is my podcast page and my photography page, Um yeah, I think being a black creative has been amazing so far. I've loved it so being a black creative. Being a creative has been an amazing experience. And I don't know, my journey hasn't been it's it's not hasn't been, you know, one of them journeys where it's like, oh, I've been through all of these adversities, but I've definitely come across a lot of things have that have I guess rocked the boat in terms of my creativity, um, the process in terms of the logistics and like the creativity behind it as well there's a lot of things that go into doing what I do and what many other people do and yeah I mean I don't even know what else to say I guess that's that's kind of my you know my creativity story no Um, that's a good place to start that's a really good place to start um yeah no I was just gonna maybe say before we go into like specifics Mm. for people in terms of um talking about your podcast and your photography page maybe just to give people an idea of like how did you even begin like what made you pick up a camera what made you start recording Mm. a podcast what was kind of the genesis of your creativity if that makes sense um I think for me in from the photography aspect just I've always had um a creativity I guess um creativity like that world being fed into my life from my dad um was um, a graphic designer and all of that so that really influenced like my whole up upbringing and photography was I don't know like we always used to go on holidays and stuff like that so I always had you know them little disposable cameras like my little self going around taking pictures always posing for pictures like the amount of home videos we have and pictures of me is disgusting there are <laughs> hundreds of posts I'm not even joking we, love it. we actually love it the other day I was going through them and I was like wow I was really that girl I wanted 
it was like I couldn't stop I loved yeah so that was one of my main inspirations for the photography and I've just always loved capturing the world through a lens but then also I think everyone can take pictures but in terms of photography and like portraying a message there's so many ways you can do it that makes it individually you and specific to you and who you are and what you represent and I think that's what I love so much about it that you can harness your creativity into a picture and that can portray you and your values and what you love so that's Mm. what inspired my photography just wanting to show the world what I see when I see things and what represents who I am and what I'm interested in but yeah and for the podcast, the other, I guess, um, avenue I, I have, um, I don't know, I've, I've always been a very talkative person, like, man, I chat too much. But, like, anyone who knows me knows, like, on Snapchat, I always talk a lot, like, in my private stories or, like, just generally, I do talk a lot, like, conversations with people. And um, I've always wanted to do, like, uh, an outlet where I use that and speak about issues that, Sometimes maybe I feel like I'm I'm afraid to do it in person. And when it Mm. came to now thinking about a podcast, especially during quarantine, I was like, I want to start something new. Obviously with photography, it was basically impossible to do photography during quarantine because we had to stay at home. And I was like, I want to spit some creativity into the world. I need to, like, I don't know, as a creative for me, it kind of like builds up sometimes. And I'm like, Ah, I want to do something and yeah. in the moment I was like okay cool what can I do and I was like okay podcasts you like to talk you like to have conversations and debates it makes yeah exactly and because um it would be online it would be easy for people to access it's not like they have to come and see it in person and I was like okay cool and yeah it just started from there and yeah with podcasting I think it's such a sick thing it's one of I I wouldn't say I I love it as much as photography but it's one of like my favorite creativity avenues that I've ever gone down with because it's like you know you're sitting in front of a mic having a conversation between somebody or having a conversation with yourself about a topic or something that you really enjoy and it's like there is no pressure it's more personal compared to anything else and I think that's what I love about it. It's like you can really tell what somebody's about from a podcast. There is no lying unless, you know, obviously you can lie when you're speaking, but you can tell the authenticity about somebody when it comes to a podcast. And that's what I really, really do enjoy about it because people can tell when you're lying through a voice, you know. So yeah. when you're doing this, you have to be authentic. And I think that's what makes it even more interesting as a listener myself who listens to many podcasts obviously including yours too and like the vibes you know the vibes and that's what I really love it's like you get to explore so many other people's opinions and ideas and stories because everything is just you can just listen to it at any time as well but yeah I have tangent I tangented but those are my 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 genesis's genesis's genesis we can make it a plural. Yeah, I feel, I feel like that plural works. But you know, yeah, that was my guess my stories and my beginnings of my two main avenues that I use. Yeah. Yeah, no, what you were saying about podcasting really just made me reflect there. Because mm. um it is 
I've never really seen myself as a creative. Um, and I know that's something that we'll get onto a bit later about the relationship between creativity and academia. But me as a person, I've always seen myself more as academia being where I found myself, where I found my comfort. So where the way you talk about how podcasting is very personal is so true. Like mm. there's a kind of peace I find yeah. just sitting down talking to someone knowing that we're just having a genuine conversation about something that I care about. Um, mm. And there's something that's so freeing about creativity in comparison to academia, where mm. it's like you're, create, you're curating a collection of things that are personal to you and that are yeah. your decision. Whereas with academia, you're kind of applying the knowledge you have to fit certain scenarios. And for yeah. me, that's where... I don't know, the podcast has just been one of those really great um, creative outlets. For me, that's just what make pod- makes podcasting really, really authentic. But mm. the next thing I want to go into is so that the audience can understand specifically more about you and those avenues, yeah. the genesis of those avenues that we spoke about. Mm-hmm. In terms of vocalista, let's start with your podcast. Yeah. How, how, like, in terms of, because again, one of my main ethos about this podcast is I don't just want to tell people what happened. I want to tell them how to do it. So yeah. in what were the practicalities? What was the what was the planning? What was the kind of strategy around sitting down and saying, I want to start a podcast. What are the steps I need to take? Okay, so I guess, okay, because obviously I had never done anything to do with sound. I've never worked with sound before, before doing a podcast. I've never worked with anything remotely similar to what podcasting is about. So it was literally me going, typing into Google how to start a podcast. And there is thousands, probably like half a million links, probably even more about how to start a podcast. And I was like, okay, cool. So I literally, I found some YouTubers who kind of advised me from there in terms of like the recording aspect, which most of them didn't help. And then already because I, um, like I said before, I with the photography stuff, I have... Um, I use Adobe, so they have um, a sound editing thing with Adobe, the package that you get. So I use that as well. So it was me getting the hang of how to use the um, sound, the sound app, the sound application editor thingy. That it's Audition, if if you guys even care, it's called Audition. Um, how to use that app, and then like the logistics of setting up a podcast is so complicated. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. It's so complicated. It's Tell me so- about it. Anyone, literally, anyone who has a podcast, I applaud you because it is not easy. It's like you need to find a podcast host. Like, if you guys don't know, you don't upload to where you listen to this. You don't upload to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or SoundCloud or Overcast or whatever they're called. You upload to a podcast hoster and they then send it off to the different platforms that you listen to the podcast on. Those platforms have to verify your podcast before you can upload before they upload your episode or your podcast onto um, their page. And then it's like, you need to make sure you have a, a correct RSS feed, which is basically the link that the podcast host's link of your podcast so that the places where you listen to your podcast <laughs> are able to actually gather all the information of your episodes that you've uploaded. Basically, it's like, there's like four doors in between 
me recording and you guys listening and those doors are very heavy big annoying doors to go through it's a long process but once you get through like doing it the first three times you get used to it and then it's just about making sure you have the correct sound making sure that your um your guests when they come on have good sound or else it's like editing the sound is so hard it's like making sure your upload times are consistent and sometimes you know you say you're going to upload at six we upload at 7 30 <laughs> and then it's just like there's so much stuff logistically that you have to go through when you're doing a podcast and I guess I'm kind of happy from when I birthed the idea to when I released my first episode I had maybe a week and for me that's a lot of time I'm normally a very like I get an idea I do it three days later kind of thing but with this I gave myself a week and that was a very good week because from there I was able to sort out the artwork for the um, logo thingy mm. I was able to sort out how do I edit my sound and all of that I was able to sort out my first episode etc 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 so I think you know um yeah when it comes to like advice for anybody if you're gonna start um podcasting I would say let's say if you want to release your podcast um the first episode on like the 20th of September make sure you start working on your first episode and everything to do with your podcast from like at least the 10th of September so give yourself 10 days minimum to do it so that when you release you know you're releasing at 6 p.m p.m oh my god 6 p.m on the dot like you want to be really professional with it and I think that's where I lacked because I was like oh it's not gonna be that hard you just upload no if you've got slow wi-fi like me sky is actually a piss take it will take longer <laughs> to upload and then like if you accidentally lose a file which I have before going to retrieve oh that Minister, kind of stuff <laughs> let me vent on this podcast and for all of you listening because oh I need God. to share my pain with oh you guys I cannot God. tell you the number of times where I've literally lost segments of like fire discussion yep because yep. of like just technical difficulties like it, it can be one of the most I remember editing um my I think my fifth episode which was like an hour and 45 minutes long a conversation with a black liberal and a black conservative which you should totally go and listen to once you're done here very interesting very it it was and god it was long to edit and because for me I really hate listening to my voice so if I'm honest with myself I can only listen to it once all the way through so if you think about it as like a time frame for editing if I've got a one hour, 45 minute podcast, it's going to take me more than two hours to edit because I'm listening in detail in a way that's very different than if you're just listening for leisure. Edit, yeah. I'm, I'm listening for yeah. sound impurity. I'm listening for arms and R's that don't need to be there. I'm listening mm. for, um, for just ways in which I can make the listening experience as smooth as possible for someone so um yeah that is just very very painful um yeah so what would you say is like the main challenge I guess that you faced with like vocalists um like the biggest one I mean okay the biggest one I would say is in terms of the challenge within myself is staying consistent because with something like a podcast 
I wanted to I wanted to make it like not just I've listened to podcasts like once a month twice a month I wanted it to be every week and having something like a podcast every week means you've got a prep in terms of getting a guest if you want one or prep your own dialogue and all of that before the episode and then making sure you film a good amount of time I mean record a good amount of time before you start um I mean before you upload so I think that was my issue being consistent because it'd be like okay cool my normal upload days um are a Thursday I'd be like okay cool I've uploaded on this Thursday I record by the Saturday Sunday edit by the Monday Tuesday Wednesday go over it and then upload for the Thursday things happen in between that and Thursday and then the next Thursday in terms of like got plans of friends going out kind of thing not bothered you're tired like things happen so yeah that was my issue being consistent and then in terms of being consistent with the time within the day that I uploaded as I said I I love to have a certain time so people know because you know it's like you're having your favorite tv show you know your favorite tv show is dropping at like 7 p.m I mean the episode's coming out 7 p.m on a Thursday and that's what I wanted to do with it as well but um with my timings and that was very hard um <laughs> I, I struggled I, I still struggle listening to give you a visual representation yeah. of what's happening you will hear this podcast tomorrow which is Saturday we are recording this on a Friday night yeah. so I will now edit in the night and yeah. I will by God's special grace put it out for you on Saturday at 9 a.m you are now listening to this on Monday evening <laughs> because my iCloud did not want to cooperate. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, so when you guys listen to this, just know Omie is now sleepless. She's gone to bed late. <laughs> so you guys better appreciate this episode. You know As you me, like sometimes I'll be like, okay, I want to edit this before Thursday morning in case anything goes wrong. So I've just mm. now done an all-nighter. I've gone to bed maybe 4 a.m. Okay. All night in my mind is like 4 a.m. Not until the next day, day, proper. I've done, I've done until 4 a.m. I've now woken up, it's 8, 9, because I can't sleep later than that. Yeah. And then I've come to start editing again. So that kind of stuff is what I really struggled in, in terms of within myself. But I guess my podcast, outwardly not to do with myself. Um, I'll be so real. I think it was being... Being okay, not like yes, being truthful to how to myself, as in what I talk about. I think when it comes to having a podcast, you want it to be a real reflection of who you are. And I think Mm -hmm. for me, it was like, do I want to be so personal on an outlet that people listen to? And when you start a podcast, like you know, you see numbers, you see. Um, analytics and for me I, I I hate talking about analytics and numbers because it's like that that doesn't mean anything like yeah you've got x amount of people watching your stuff but when it came to me thinking about how what do I really want to go into personal detail about some things when I know mm. I've got a lot of listeners especially with um by, by god's grace a lot some of the i mean quite a lot of the episodes i've done have been very popular and i've got a lot of people contact me crazily from around the world like 
saying, oh, thank you, this really helped me, X, Y, and Z. So I know I have very different people, not just people that know me personally or know me through other people, who listen. Like, people, mm. I have no clue who they are on this earth. Never met them before. Yeah. Not from every any country I've ever been to. So it's and like, how open are you? How, yeah. how vulnerable are you with yeah. the opinions you have? Yeah. The opinions you have. And, you know, a lot of the time, if you do have opinions that, you know, people are not um, probably aligned with, you can get not even backlash but people thinking oh that's weird or who do you think you are kind of thing mm. and that's what I kind of struggled with especially with specific topics I was like ah do I really want to say everything on my mind when it comes yeah. to this? do I really want to get personal about this but I think mm. it's kind of a thing where you need to just realize it is your own personal outlet and with podcasting like I said it's such a personal thing so that's why I realized I've got to just um I've got to just you know come out of that shell of being like do I really want to say that and just be like you know what Bundes this is literally my this is and then at the end of the day it's your platform you can say whatever you want as long as it's not like you know discriminatory bad kind of stuff but you can say what you want so it's a thing where just express yourself however much you want to and be free with it if you say something that people might not agree with then that even happens in the real world so don't let it bother you when it comes to this online platform of a podcast and that's what I've kind of been saying to myself now so I'm very more open with everything that I talk about or have talked about previously in my podcast and yeah that's what I struggled with outwardly and I guess what else have I struggled with um I think it's just um, understanding that with podcasting is um, a really, I think people don't realise that podcasting is one of the newest avenues in terms of creativity. It's Speak the newest about it. Yeah, because if I told, I don't think my parents knew about podcasting until maybe the last year. I've known about podcasting for a while now, but like it's the newest thing out there. So a lot of people either don't like podcasting don't understand what it is or haven't got into it so if you're trying to build or don't even know or yeah. don't even know how to listen to a podcast yeah like, yeah yeah where where do I go what do mm. I do because obviously if you've got an apple device you've got that purple app on your phone that some people barely ever open because they don't yeah, know what exactly. it's for oh. so yeah no carry on yeah, yeah yeah like it's a new thing right so you're going to have a, um, not like a small listener group, but you're going to have a listener group that would be different to something like YouTube or Instagramming or mm. even Twitter or like any other creative outlet thingy. So I think that's what I kind of had to understand in the beginning. I wasn't going to get as many people that I may, not even like numbers, but I may not get like a variety of people listening to the podcast because it's not a very common thing to be using right mm. now but now it's getting popular because I'm seeing a lot of podcasts coming up like in the sphere that I'm in um but yeah um that I, I kind of when I realized that I was like, okay cool in terms of like not everybody that I know would be interested in listening to a podcast kind of thing uh, how do I make this more not accessible per se but how do I make this more appealing to people who have maybe never listened to a podcast and that kind of you need to I think that's it comes to the point where you need to make your content accessible to all in terms of what you talk about because if you talk about something um, I guess more straight and narrow like a specific niche you're really closing up the people that you could 
and reach or help or reach so that's why kind of now I'm realizing what I have been realizing so I'm just trying to be diversifying my content more which I guess in any avenue that you're done um 100% I would advise diversify your content in order to reach a big um group of people yeah I think that's yeah that's like my main things I've been struggling with or have struggled with with vocalism more specifically yeah um so we've spoken about your first main avenue vocalists are the podcast the myth the legend that it is (laughs) the next thing we're going to move on to is something that I'm fascinated by because I've never really I've never really not understood the medium of photography but like Mm. I'm not a very like I don't think I ever look at photographs I'm like oh until I see work until and the funny thing is you don't know until you see the work that speaks to you so for me it's been seeing a lot of your work especially the Black Lives Matter project that you did on it's really really good and another photographer that I follow on Instagram called Tessography oh yeah I love her and it's just so like colorful and vibrant so for me that's like I don't really care normally yes really eye-catching so just tell us like how did you start it as a again let's talk practicality strategy Mm. is it something you do to make revenue is it just a Mm. creative outlet like what how did it begin for you and strategy wise um I'm gonna be so real I think with um visualist art because it's for me visualist is like my most favorite thing that I do out of all my revenue I mean revenues avenues um with visualist art part it being visualist as in the Instagram page I guess the brand itself um I used to do photography actually paid work for like people's events weddings um charity um events um launches of stuff and yeah like Mm. I, I got paid for it it was great you know, being like 14, 15, 16, 7, 14, 15, 16, yeah, getting paid you know, to do like take pictures was sick. I was like, oh, I'm making some coin. I was excited. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yeah. So that was that was fun. Um, and then when I started my visualist page when I was 17, so last summer, summer 2019, um, I didn't like forget about the paid aspect of it. I just kind of shut down. Um, that bit of my photography I guess life and I was like I love what I do in terms of being paid for it but I can't show my how I see the world in terms of like I'm making I'm taking pictures of what people want me to take pictures of I can't take pictures of what I want to take pictures of like you know if it's an event like people like your customer obviously tells you yeah take shots of x y and z and then you probably work around that and get some extra shots but when it comes to you being a creative and having something as completely just a creative outlet not just revenue from it that's when you kind of have more of a creative freedom and that's what I wanted so I was just like oh I really want to do a project and at the time I didn't even know what inspired me to do my first project um which is called people of color um I didn't know I was like oh I really want to do it and I was like a spur of the moment thing I was like I want to take pictures of people and then I remember I was talking to my friend um 
and she was like oh okay well like what do you want to what do you want to call what do you want to do and I was like should I just like make a photography page and just post stuff and then she was like oh you could just do that and then so I did a trial run with two of my friends Ife and Chi of some pictures and they turned out really good considering I didn't always take pictures back then I wasn't really into portraits I was more into physical things like um buildings plants I mean people's weddings stuff like that but more still things except from people you know moving so they turned out pretty well and then when I started my actual first project people of color which was like quite a big one um yeah like I it was the creative outlet and I just wanted to show to the world through the pictures and then also on the side that I do the uh, interviews and the videography that um how people of color experience life and we were in a really nice location and I don't know the process was more like okay cool I wrote down on some a4 book I said what do I want to gain from this in terms of what do I want to portray the lives Mm -hmm. of people of color and what do they experience I said, what shots do I want to get in terms of the physicalities of it? I said, I want to get portraits with people of different backgrounds with different colours merging together. And then I was like, um, what angles? And I had another person shooting with me as well. Um, my friend, um, a friend of mine's friend, Mohammed. So we had two, for fo- two photographers. I was like, what shots do I want to do? What do I want him to do kind of thing? And it was a process where you I really had to break down everything and write everything down. And for me, a lot of the time, I have a very scattering brain. So I needed everything down on a piece of paper. And I recommend if you want to do anything, to really write it down. Not even like do it on your phone. Write it down physically, yeah, like on a piece of paper. And that made my life so much easier. So when it came to like me going through everything that we were doing that day, I wrote it on a piece of paper but transferred it to my phone so I could obviously tick it off easier. So I was taking stuff off. The shots I got, I took them off. The ideas that I was able to portray, I took them off. And, um, yeah, so that was the first project. And I think that kind of made me prepared for any other project I did afterwards because I knew what it took to make it successful. Obviously, the first time of doing it, there were so many things that went wrong. And I was like, oh, God, things went wrong. But now that I look back at it, it was the best I could have done for somebody who hadn't done anything like that before. Yeah. All of um, Melissa's work is going to be in the description box um, and her Instagram and everything because some of the work is really, all of the work is really really beautiful. Um, And I was going to say similar to um, Vocalissa. Yeah. What would you say were the main challenges of Visualissa for you? Um, Visualissa, I think the challenges were were way more um affecting me as a person I would say in terms of the logistics of having a photography page that is your creative outlet um I'll be so real people are going to let you down um obviously I can't take pictures of myself I mm-hmm. if I could I would so I could be one of the models in the projects but people do let you down in terms of like um say like you've got um with numbers I try and stick to I don't really like having extras because I don't want to waste extras time so I'd be like I need five girls five boys kind of thing or five people of who whatever I'm doing five of each category I guess and 
you know, it'll be like the day before the morning. Sorry, I can't come. Sorry, I can't come. Sorry. Oh, gosh. Drop yeah, a few people that. now. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. What do I do? And yeah, it's you've yeah. got studio time. Yeah, you've got exactly. Like, how am I going to get someone else at short notice? Yeah. yeah. It's like that stuff. Like, because, you know, especially like, um, yeah, like you said, you book studio time. You've traveled somewhere. Maybe you've got like a second photographer with you. So you're also wasting someone else's time because someone else has canceled. And obviously for different reasons, people cancel. But um, sometimes it's for reasons that you're like, you could have told me about this before the morning <laughs> kind of thing. Literally, literally. And then that kind of puts you in like a bad mood. Like this has happened to me many times before. But I'm like, okay, my friend has to get me out of that headspace. She's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. That person's not coming. Three people are not coming. Cool. What do you do with the two people that you have, that you have. who are coming? And then those are things that really affected me in terms of like um people just dropping out last minute. I would say also... um with photography you're kind of gonna I've had I think yeah logistically as well when it comes to taking shots um shots that go wrong or shots that you didn't realize in the moment you were thought good. really good but no you thought they're really good you thought they were really good but then you look on the computer then when you get home or the next day you're like this is terrible right. like this is awful and like it was such a good concept but you didn't get like the correct shot and that stuff that also really annoy me because it's like you can't just tell everybody to come back the next day, get that same light, get them same outfits the models wore to redo that um shot. So yeah, like that kind of stuff as well that happens. Like just it's the little things that you think won't matter really do annoy you when it comes to doing something like photography. And what else has like logistically those have been the things in terms of the photography that's been the challenges. But in terms of like the content creating and then publicizing it, my issues have been with um, not so editing, but like um, how much time it takes up. Um, when if you do something like photography, you realize it's 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 a lot of time mm. from taking the picture to then releasing the photo. In terms of like if you want different color variations, if you want different edited vote. Um, um types of the picture and for myself I don't really incorporate graphic design a lot into my work so all of it is really recoloring and all of that kind of stuff and if you want different versions if you don't like a version and then if you want to apply the same kind of editing skills to different pictures all of that kind of stuff um yeah that's that takes up a lot of time and then you know if you have deadlines as well you're like I have three days to go through 400 pictures oh my gosh what am I gonna do like even the last project I did I'm not gonna lie I took over 700 photos wow and I wanted to get the project out um within four days of the last I had two shoot days and I wanted to get it out yeah in four days and I was like this is such a stupid timeline why are you doing this to yourself but I still did it and I think, yeah, it's just a process of going through just, it's just like the, I guess the mechanics of getting the picture ready that has always been an issue for me. Mm. Um, and then I guess another main issue, well, I'm not going to go into it too much. I think we'll probably end up talking about it later, um, has been what people actually like what you make. 
will people like this and it's not like oh you care about if people like your work or not will it be seen will it be appreciated will it be um put out into the world will it be pushed because when you I think for me as a photographer it's like you have an idea you make the work you want to spread the message of your work and with spreading any message you want a lot of people to see it to be inspired motivated um knowledge knowledge I mean be educated from wherever you're portraying right and if people don't see it because people don't think it's worth seeing it's like is my message not worth seeing and then that affects your whole mindset of what you're doing kind of thing but that was my issue with do people want to see my work kind of thing are people even interested in it's such an interesting concept because I was even thinking about it in terms of um my podcast is just sometimes you kind of again you don't create it for other people's validation Mm. but you do wonder if you're just talking nonsense some sometimes I listen right I'm just thinking do people actually want to listen to my voice yeah (laughs) yeah do you want to because I think you really want to do you want to know because I mean it's just a bit but yeah no I completely get that so um we've spoken a lot about your two main avenues as Mm. as a as a creative Melissa and I think another area of interest for me I think is really important to discuss and talk about is the lens through which your your art is influenced and the challenges that you may face um being a black creative and what what twist does it put on your creativity how does it influence your work how does it influence how people view you how does it influence how your parents and your family view you because for a lot of people um creativity and academia which is something we'll go into later but they can always be seen as rival competitors Mm -hmm. so just in general your experience of being a black individual in the creative industry um yeah it's 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 I feel like it's wild being a black and being black and being creative industry because you could take it like um this um it's like being black and being in the workplace you know we're like sadly we're looked at 10 times less because we're black if it's between me and somebody who is white or somebody who isn't black they're more likely to get the job kind of things when it comes to creativity it's like our work isn't looked at the same level our work is considered subpar to anybody else's work um in terms of like if you want to work with somebody else a creative a producer photographer um a set designer a creative designer of whatever you're doing that person wouldn't like most of the time there are barriers like before you get what you want to do and that's like with anything sadly with being black there are like 10 more doors in between what you want to do compared to somebody else and I think that's the issue um for myself because I haven't more so now is when I'm I don't really want to spill anything but now is when I'm starting to work with different people more and not just working with myself so it's now where I'm seeing where the challenges are of being black and being creative but 
looking at it from an outsider looking at what I, other creatives I know or other individuals that I follow their issues that they've talked about is like you know not getting the opportunities or not being credited for their work or their ideas because you know it's like oh just another black person kind of thing and I think that's a really big issue for anybody who is black whatever space you're in but especially for black creatives because yeah like I said we're not looked at the same it's like oh your work is crap and we're just going to take your work because or they think your work is really good they take it rename it reshift it something else and like boom it's theirs kind of thing and it's really hard especially if you're up and coming to you know make sure your work is patented patent is just basically having the legal rights to your work that that kind of stuff is really hard when you're um coming up so I think those are the issues in terms of like being recognized but there was something you said when you're asking the question um the issues between academia and um creativity and I want to say I'm going to say this from like a black African background um a lot of people can probably relate to this but that um family responds to you having a big interest in creativity is most like nine out of ten times going to be negative I'm going to be so real and for anybody who is wanting to go into um, creativity who is younger than us we're 18 19 just be ready for that and I don't want to like deter you into going to creativity but just know like most of the time if you have a parent from I would just say generally a black background their idea of creativity is like you're going to be like a writer or artist who you know makes like 300 pounds a month and you're living in some little squat house yeah, and you're eating like crackers or something yeah you're eating crackers you can't afford rent you're struggling kind of thing and now like, you're a writer and you work out you're a waiter kind of thing they don't believe that it's just a sustainable way of living and I guess that just it's like the way that you know those things are even portrayed in the media like you know you're a budding writer or a budding actor and you're working a, um, a restaurant kind of thing but from African parents I think it's the narrative that um, academia tops all and not that academia isn't important but yeah like creativity isn't looked at to be a sustainable constant um, stream of income so when it comes to you know children expressing their love for that kind of stuff it's like "Eh, don't do that too much and I know for myself personally I have been deterred because um, of the response of how creative I am and how I want to take it into my further life but for me as well I just realized that academia was something I was interested in but I'm very interested in the creativity side of it so it was like how do you balance that kind of thing but yeah like I was saying um uh yeah friends yeah family has family will give you a negative point of view nine out of ten times sadly because it's not seen as sustainable but I think with friends because we all grew up in this I guess western bubble that creativity is actually something that you can go into. Yeah, absolutely. That, that issue isn't as prominent. I mean, people will be like, oh, you're an artist. Oh, really? Kind of thing. You know, give you a little side eye. But they'll, they'll be like, you know, they understand the craft. They get it. They know you can make money from it. They don't have the same issue as, I think, um, parents or families from ethnic um, backgrounds. For, but we're going to talk about black backgrounds because obviously we're black. It's easier to talk about. But yeah, friends don't really have that. I've never had a friend who has 
given me an issue like had a negative response about what I'm doing Mm. also be like constructive criticism but not about the creativity like itself more about what I'm doing in it trying to help me kind of thing but yeah so we've spoken a bit about being black and being in the creative space Mm -hmm. and just to kind of slide on into something we touched on quite a few times earlier on in the podcast is um the the conflict if you like or just just the relationship between academia and creativity Mm. and I wanted to ask you specifically Melissa as someone who you're going on to higher education yeah this September so that that's going to be that's a serious level of you know academia and then balancing that with the fact that you still are committed to your creativity so what are your plans going forward in terms of balancing that and what what challenges do you anticipate Mm, I think um I'd be I'll I'd be I'll be so real I feel like this is going to be way more easier than sixth form in terms of balancing your time in terms of like my academia and my love for creativity because in university you it's more like your timetable and you put things where you have time and you have more time and yeah yeah, I'm definitely gonna continue this um obviously in the beginning you know you're trying to settle in so I won't have probably any time to doing my creativity self because I need to just get used to the environment I'm going to be in but after a while I want to just be able to create content that represents who I am at that moment and what I'm interested in and that also goes on to something you know I'm going to plug myself a little bit I always want to go into um like making making like a, a a video format of what I've been doing and like um whoever knows what I do I have a YouTube channel that I've just been posting random stuff on there in terms of photography advice or um which will be linked in the description yeah. oh thank you or like <laughs> video in terms of like video um interviews from my projects but I was like I've always loved making videos as well um in terms of anything so I'm now gonna start actually my YouTube channel as like a proper YouTuber but I want to do it as being as creative as I can as a creative and a photographer so Mm. having having to actually firstly okay well I've already planned most of it but plan out the rest and build up what I want to do and then start doing YouTube because I just think it's such a fun sick avenue to go down and yeah having that as well on the side of the photography and the podcast I think yeah it's going to be really hard at uni but it's also going to be easy because it's like I know my routine there's no one planning my timetable on like sixth form so I can oh, kind gosh, of I can't wait because I was like I don't want to be here at 9am doing this lesson and you know I mean you have 9am lectures but you can fit things around them so it's yeah. like you have so much more freedom to be who you are and like people say you know university is the best time of your life you really grow and develop building good blocks all of that like I want to be able to use this time where obviously I do get my um degree at the end but I grow mm-hmm. as a creative and like yeah like I just want to I want to build you know I just want to build everything that I'm doing make it as to who I am and to what I'm interested in as I can and it's like I think this is the best time to do it and yeah I'm I'm just going to try and push as hard as I can in this time without breaking my back but (laughs) (laughs) like just building because like yeah like 
I think when you're creative or like anybody who does anything that I guess is deemed creative I mean creative like you you love it so much that you want to make as as much time for it whenever you can and you want to be the best that you can at it kind of thing I feel like university is the time when I'll be able to do that yeah yeah no, I, I get what you're saying a lot about building as well especially mm. as like September's come around yeah I obviously took like a two-week September's energy. coming around sis September is here September is here <laughs> What I'm saying this year, this 2020, I, I don't know. It has flown by. But I've taken like this two week break and I've gone yeah. into September with this strong, like, just yeah. urge to kind of, mm. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I want to make sure that the things I am creating and investing time into mm-hmm. is something that I enjoy and something that I keep pushing to be better at which I think is such an important thing to have as a young person, to have somewhere, to have something where you go and you put effort into because you know it's yours and you know it Mm. belongs to you. And um, I just think that's such a powerful and um, actually very therapeutic thing in a way to have something that you you care for. It's like a pet. I don't know how to explain it. It, I thought you mean it yeah. It gives me pet vibes. It's like you've got I don't know something you're caring for. You want it to be like advanced. Mm-hmm. You know, you want your dog to be able to do tricks. You want it to be able to like catch something. If it doesn't learn this command, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I wish I was able to do that. Other people are, are doing that. So that whole sentiment of building is really um appealing mm-hmm. to me. Um, Melissa. You've been also on this podcast and um, before we go off into me editing this night and me listening on Saturday morning. Again, it is now Monday evening. Carry on. Um, We just, I just wanted Melissa to kind of really give you guys some top, just very brief hints and tips on as a black creative especially but also as a creative in general how how should someone who's maybe a bit younger than us or even mm-hmm. someone our age who's saying I like taking photos or I like recording videos but how do I get from my love of something to curating it into a system mm-hmm. in which I regularly upload content so what advice do you have any budding creatives okay so something came into my mind and Mm. it's gonna be so cheesy curation requires duration okay i don't know how that came i was thinking of something that rhymed with curation and i got it um but yeah you love to see it like with anything that you're making you're gonna need time so i Mm. would definitely recommend you know like i was saying before if you want to drop something on the 20th make sure you start working on it if it's smaller minimum on the 10th of September and like yeah like if you want to go into podcasting make sure you've got your idea your artwork I mean artwork is the cover of your podcast um with that ready get it ready early on make something that's really eye-catching bold that someone when someone sees it they know what it is that's the same with any product you make you know like you want to make it 
I can't shake so when someone sees it like oh yeah that's on me is oh yeah that's Melissa's thing you know mm. and like get that ready so when you start doing everything you're like on time and I would say with photography definitely time time is of the essence you gotta make sure you put in you put aside a lot of time for you to do photography um yeah I kind of explained that before make sure you plan everything out yeah another tip make sure you write everything down make sure it's so detailed so you never forget any little detail because everything's written down another tip I would say don't be scared to do something that's out of your comfort zone I talked about this on an episode of my podcast I think actually no I'm going to take all the episodes down so don't even try and look for it but I Mm -hmm. talked about this and I was like um don't be afraid to you know come out of the box that you may be in because of where you live and then we get this in London, like the London bubble, like everyone has to adhere the same fashion sense, the same dress sense, mm. or the same kind of look thing. Like, don't be afraid to step out of the bubble in terms of the content that you create or in terms of what you're representing through your content. Like, it's your content should always represent who you are. So never lie, because people can tell when you lie. And I would say this about videos, in terms of like photography, in terms of podcasting, Always be truthful to who you are and create content that represents you. Um, yeah, so don't be afraid to do you. Another um, point I would say is if you want to collaborate with somebody, don't be afraid to reach out to this person. A lot of the people would be willing Absolutely. to work with you. Or if you would like advice as well, don't be hesitant to ask people for advice because a lot of people feel very honoured. Like when people ask me for help, I'm like, oh, thank you. Like that you've Instagram DMs are a magical place. Yeah. I tell you this. Literally, a number Instagram. of people I've messaged like, yes. I like your work a lot. Mm-hmm. Love to do something with you, with you. or yeah. just love to talk to you about this. And people mm-hmm. are so responsive, yeah. so helpful, so detailed. So yeah. that is a great tip. Yeah, like come to them like respectful way, like be nice and not like you know just demand help. Be like, oh, thank mm. you. Like your work is amazing. I love it. It really helped me in X Y Z. It really sorry, my friends. It really inspired me in this way, kind of thing. Could you advise me of this, or can we work on this, or could you give me? I want to interview for this kind of thing, and like that makes it. Um, that's how you build. Like even with creativity like you know you've got a network you want to build a network of friends too I think that's another advice like always make sure like whatever you do you create a network of individuals that you could Oxford help or ask to be a part of whatever you're doing and like yeah like it's like it's a community like anything it's a community you know don't be afraid to reach out to people and I guess another advice pointer I probably have would have I probably have so much more than this, what I've said, but um, I don't know. It's like, don't be afraid to start. That's my thing. I think a lot of people, the hardest thing is to start and stay consistent. But with starting, it requires that kind of, I love what I'm doing. Or I love photography or I love creativity or I love talking like I want to create this that's where the push comes so do not give up with starting which sounds so weird like don't give up with starting like 
mm-hmm. you haven't even started it's to give so up. So true, you would not believe. Yeah, people, especially myself, I have given up before I've even started. Like, just to know your first time at anything is not going to be your best time. Like, it's with anything that you do. But with that first start, at least you can grow from it because you started. Like, how can you grow from something you've never started? You get it? So those, I think those would be my tips. Like, don't be afraid to do stuff that is completely outside the box that completely represents you and that is completely unheard of in your area and don't try and stick with the most popular things you know do something different because when people say something different they see the uniqueness in you and that's what's going to pull them towards you because you're bringing something new to the table whether it's photography videography arts film podcasting youtube whatever the platform is you know do something different with it be you and everyone has the capacity to be creative you've just got to find out in what avenue are you creative in and yeah i think those are my advice pointers i feel like i've said everything i would want to awesome amazing tips honestly and um to anyone out there who wants to be a creative i hope this has been helpful for you anyone who is a creative i hope you've enjoyed kind of listening to two people who i guess in the community discussing i hope it's been enjoying to listen to and also for anyone who isn't a creative doesn't want to be a creative but is curious about the process behind these things i think Mm -hmm. it's just always interesting to to kind of think about what leads someone to do something and um, I hope that if you've taken anything from this is that um, it's really important to to have something of your own that you enjoy doing, mm. have an outlet Definitely. that is really productive for you. And um, mm. my voice sounds incredibly low at this time because I'm on the verge. Yeah. <laughs> but on these sleepy, soft, very chill tones and chill vibes, um, thank you so much for listening to this latest episode of the podcast. Thank you can you follow me, Melissa. You've been great. Thank you so much no for being. Problem. I literally nearly forgot to thank you because I'm that tired. Um, thank you for having me. Melissa's every single thing Melissa does is going to be in the description box. The podcast, uh, all her projects, her YouTube channel, which you're all going to go follow and subscribe because that's the kind of community we are around here. Uh-huh. If you haven't already, I mean, I know you have, but if you haven't already, I mean, you know the vibes. At Omie's underscore corner, I mean, what are you doing? Like, we don't have time. Go follow her. Guys, go and follow her. Like, Omie actually has the best promo for all her stuff. Like, her promo, I'm just like, this this is it. You know, commitment to something you're doing? Omie has it. I try my best. You do. You do. It is very time consuming, but I do try. We love it. We'd love to see it and um please stay tuned i've got a couple of really interesting things coming up we might be talking about a bit of cultural appropriation we've got a couple um people coming on again to talk about more of the work they're doing um i'm currently exploring them um, using instagram reels so as i'm getting ready for uni, yes i want to make a uni reels it could yes, come good. It may or may not. We'll see what the vibes are. But um, thanks, everybody, for listening. And um, toodle pip.